Hello and welcome to a very special holiday episode of North 100, your Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have Jer, Alex, and Liam. This is my own personal hell. <laughs> you're not. You're not digging the. the well, the, the I somehow got, got ended up in the emoji sweater. So, ninety <laughs> percent of other sweaters probably fine. I like no the way hat. I was it's, wearing that. Thing. It's festive. Anyways, this podcast is brought to you by you over at Patreon.com/LonelyReadyRun. Thank you so much for the support. We literally could not do this without you. Mm -hmm. uh, let's start off with the same segment. We always start off. It's the best card you're not playing. Up to date, I have Liam. Liam, tell me your secret tech. Uh, so the card we're talking about today is Panoptic Mirror. Oh boy. Uh, this is a combo card. Shock, surprise. Everyone's... Wait, it's not a jank card? This does things? Yeah, this card's sweet. So, <laughs> so this card is a, a five mana artifact uh, that has imprint. And the way that it works is that you can pay X and tap it, and then you may remove uh, an instant or sorcery with converted mana cost X uh, from your hand uh, in your hand from the game. That card is imprinted onto this artifact. Okay. Then, the card Panoptic Mirror reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may copy unimprinted instant or sorcery and play the copy without paying its mana cost. Hmm. Um, so, what's kind of sweet about this is that you can imprint multiple things and kind of like toolbox yeah, okay. every turn, cast I whatever. I didn't know that. I thought it was one No, card no, no, no. no. You can imprint a whole bunch. Uh, more importantly, if you put a time walk on this, you take infinite turns. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> can you... <laughs> You can respond to the trigger. So you can play oh, it one turn, wow. and then the next turn, imprint in response to the trigger and cast a time walk and, and win the game. Um, oh, you... Oh, oh, yeah. Back. Oh. So, so yeah, so time walk is the obvious oh. thing you do with this. You can also ancestral with this every turn. That's pretty you good. You can also ancestral visions. You can, like... Yeah, you can imprint play this for zero. five, then tap it, imprint for zero, imprint visions, and start recalling every upkeep. Uh, you can restore balance every turn. How have I never heard of this card? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> This card's sweet. When you told me you were going to talk about Panoptic Mirror, I thought it was one of those super janky... What, 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 what's like the Judge's Tower card I'm thinking about? That's a six mana one and, and makes knowledge the game... Cool. Yeah, yeah, I knowledge thought this was cool. like a man, uh, an artifact that just made the game suck. No. 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 Well, it sucks for your opponent. Because <laughs> they lose. Yeah, often. Um, so I guess suck in, in this... Yeah, pardon me. <laughs> Pretty sure I've, I've played the most of this card than... Yeah, I think so, order. yeah. Jer's definitely the one who, uh, who I heard of it from. Huh. Um, Jer and I then proceeded to go like Jer, you have like a Korean one or something. I have, oh, mine's yeah. Japanese or something. We, Why we have would you we play have a foreign card of a card that has so many words on uh, it. Well, <laughs> here's the All thing: right. as long as I'm not ghost quartering my opponent, I generally make my plays very clear. Anyone uh, who wants to know what any of my foreign cards do, I tell them. But anyone who assumes they know what my my foreign cards do, they're gonna get got. I, was, I offer to tell them. I offer to <clears> give them the oracle text. I guess so. You're just like, I need a cell phone on the table for every foreign card my opponent has right now because I can't keep track. Uh, all right. So, so just as a... Where are you, where are you, what are you putting this card in? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, so most commonly we've played it in sort of like blue-red combo decks. So you play like this. Maybe you play some Splinter Twin action as well. Okay. Um, generally, um, since you're playing Time Walks, you don't play it in a Time Vault deck, even though there should be some crossover. Mm. You can, obviously, because you don't have to play the card literal Time Walk. What like Simic Time Walk? Uh, you can definitely get it into... Oh, what was that? Green, blue, ramp Time Walk deck called? Yeah, Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah, you can you can put it into that deck. Yeah. Just five mana, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what mine looks like. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Graham. See, look how look how perfectly clear the foreign version of this card is. I, mean, I, I just get it. It, it has, has an activation cost. It has an activation cost and a tap. I can totally remember what this card is. I mean, based it's almost better that. to play confusing cards in foreign, because then people will look at them and be like, all right, I need to actually understand what this does. But if you play an English one, they'll like skim it and be like, 
yeah, I know what this does. And then you're like, all right, response to the trigger on my upkeep and print to time walk. And they're like, that's what that card does? And even though they just read it for 30 seconds. Yeah. It was a little Might be guilty of that. Um, so in those blue-red decks that, that Jared and I used to play, um, oftentimes you would play, these were the kind of sweet decks where you'd play Time Walk and Ancestral yeah. uh, as your 10 points. You'd play like mm. Time Walk, Ancestral, and then Panoptic Mirror because it was insane with both of them. Uh, and as a convenient segue, you haven't been able to play Time Walk and Ancestral for a long time, but uh, now you can do it even less. Yeah, I want to keep talking about this, actually. So <laughs> in other cards and best cards you're not playing, I might not have known all of them, but they'd make sense. Like, they wouldn't come out of nowhere at, at, like, some corner of magic hell that I've never heard of. Where did this card come from? Dark. This card is so my thing <laughs> that I'm angry that nobody has told me about this card before this moment. Well, as, it as, came from Darksteel Block. At, um, as with most sweet cards I know about and then Crush Highlander with, uh, its originator is Chris Ireland. Oh, okay. But it's like, I've never even seen this card in a tournament or in a deck or... I. I just didn't know it existed. I didn't know Magic as a game could make this card exist. Well, there you go. That means you haven't been rooting through Jerry and I's collections at night, which is good to know. But, uh... <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, sir. This yeah. card's sweet. You should play it. That's fair. Thank you for sharing this no, card with no, me. No worries. All right. To address uh, a very elegant segue that Liam started that I interrupted, no, okay. uh, there are some points changes for those of you who are paying attention at home. Two cards have changed. One is Ancestral Recall. Uh, our favorite one mana blue instant for one blue, <laughs> or a single blue, <laughs> mm -hmm. that says target player draws three cards. And High the, Tide's pretty good, too. And the other card that has changed is Time Walk, a two mana sorcery for one and a blue that says take another turn. So these cards uh, are pretty powerful, you know, so, some would above say. Above average. Yeah, they're a little bit, a little bit above average you in power. You can just say broken. Uh, the cards might be a, a tiny bit broken. They're super broken. Uh, and so the points have changed. Uh, uh, council member, would you like to take over the changes and, and the rationale behind it? Uh, yeah, both these cards are really good. Uh, <laughs> blue decks have been doing really well, and it's got to the point where all, very few blue decks are not playing one of these two cards. What, what's the actual change to Ancestral goes to seven, An Ancestral and Time Walk goes, goes to six, right? Yeah, An Ancestral from six to seven, Time Walk from five to six. Uh, the like main issue was Ancestral. Ancestral and Ancestral decks have been doing really, really well. And th the problem is people have been using their other points in Ancestral decks to play cards like Merchant Scroll for one point and Mystical Tutor for two points, and both of those cards are also primarily finding Ancestral, so you're yeah. basically playing against this like triple Ancestral dot deck, and then they're playing things like Torrential Gear Hulk and Snapcaster to get it back, and yeah, I think just, you're just getting recalled four times a game, and it that's feels the terrible. Part, that's the part that was getting me. It wasn't recall by itself, but it was recall Snapcaster recalled. How recall, many times can I recall? Yeah, this spell? recall Jace yeah. Vryn's Prodigy recall, and well, then if you also can do that with Treasure Cruise and with um, what's the suspend ancestral called? Ancestral visions. visions. Ancestral visions. It's just they're drawing so many cards, and that and gets it, it really just hard to beat. Yeah. Super hard to lose from that point. Yeah. Yeah. Like people often joke when when someone goes like turn one mystical tutor for ancestral, they're like, oh, you're only drawing two cards, ha ha ha. But it's like, well, you're also putting this one blue instant that draws three cards into your graveyard, yeah. and there's a bunch of ways to recur it. So many so, ways. Like, it's actually still just way better than that. And then if you're playing a green splash, you have access to all the regrowth or yeah. eternal witness effects too, and then you're like recalling. I mean, 
the amount of, the number of times that my opponents have drawn 12 against me in a game is a non-zero number. Definitely. Yeah. That that's definitely the issue with recalls. It's the first recall is hard to beat. It's but it's very beatable and then the those third. games can be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. But the second and third ones become yeah, like often and, make the games feel like non-games. And it's the no snowball game. effect cuz once you draw 3 cards, you're more likely to draw more ways to draw more cards yeah. and then the game just becomes So another important thing to talk about there. with this points change. Um mm. This is the the first time in, in the points list history, as far as I know of, that Black Lotus and Ancestral Recall have been the same number of points. It's true. Um, <laughs> which is like just sort of interesting. There are now three seven-point cards. Black Lotus, Ancestral Recall, and Flash yep. uh, are the three. Hmm. Um, so Good things come in threes. Or bad things. <laughs> <Except> but, <laughs> um, but so what's relevant about this that's that's kind of interesting is when when we initially, so Recall was five not that long ago. Yeah. Like uh, four months ago, five months ago. Yeah, like you're saying, you could have Recall and Time Walk in the same deck. You could, yeah, very Which briefly. Seems pretty stupid. Right, and so actually, it, it was actually me when, when I was on the, the council. People were like, oh, the blue decks are too good. What are we going to do? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll point all these sort of cheaper loot points. And I, I kind of just came to the council meeting and said, hey, hey, everyone. What if we just pointed ancestral and time walk, and everyone went, oh yeah, okay, that sounds good. And we put them to six, and even at six, time our uh, ancestral felt really good. Time walk did go down. It's actually sort of been on a, a saga of changes. Coaster. Yeah, it's been like four, five, and six this year. Um, five multiple times. Five multiple times. Um, it, it's the much harder one to balance, I would say. Uh, Jared and I were actually talking about this yesterday, where. Um, it, it feels really challenging to evaluate Time Walk in a vacuum because it's it's so irrevocably linked to Ancestral. And so in a mm. vacuum, Time Walk might be a five-point card, but since Ancestral exists, Time Walk probably can't be a five-point card. Hmm. Uh, and the reason for that is that since Ancestral was, if Ancestral was seven and Time Walk was five, no one would play Ancestral and everyone would play Time Walk. Um, but when you put them at six, you have equal incentive to play both of them. Uh, when, you, when you put time walk at six, sorry. Sure. It, it, it's really, it, I mean, this is an issue we've It's not necessarily on. equal, but it's a lot closer. It's a lot closer, And yeah. that, that's what I was getting at. When The main issue we decided was that Ancestral, we, we like all knew Ancestral needed to go up, basically, in our in our discussion. The How the council meeting goes is we like have a few key issues, we talk about them, and so we have a pretty good idea of where everyone stands before we actually take a formal vote. Uh, and we like, we're having this discussion, it was pretty clear everyone wanted Ancestral to go up, but I made it clear that, like, the format would not be in a good place if Ancestral went up and Time Walk didn't go up. So then we had to have an even longer discussion on how we felt about Time Walk. And all that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really awkward. Like, Time Walk at 6, uh, I don't want to say it kills certain decks, but it, it fundamentally changes uh, some point spreads of some decks, like the, the Pat Pod deck we've talked about a bunch. That is a Time Walk, Birthing Pod, Survival of the Fittest deck. And when Time Walk was six the last time, Pat stopped playing that deck. Hmm. And whether or not that was like correct or the not... The whole deck? Yeah. He, he, he just is really Time Walk just the one copy of Time Walk? Is that important in the deck? It's the best card in that deck, not well, especially close. Well, yeah, I mean, Time Walk's obviously nuts. I just didn't think it always... I mean, I guess with a combo deck, if you get that one extra turn of setup, you're just and nuts. It's also... Uh, the Pat Pod deck makes so much extra mana that it gets to leverage the Time Walk really effectively. Hmm, okay. um, it makes Bring to Light this, like, insane split card of, like, find Kiki-Jiki, cast Time Walk. It just does so many things. Hmm. Um, there's yeah. a bunch of other infinite loops that don't require you to get an untapper where you can, like, Kiki-Jiki and Eternal Witness this Time Walk in the graveyard and take infinite turns. Yeah, okay. Um, it even just sets up two-turn lethals where you, like, have kind of a motley crew of, of yeah, leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, like, get in, time walk, and your, your opponent, like, maybe makes plays that assume that you're not 
going to kill you in that turn. In that turn. And yeah, and you're like, die. I'm not, but I actually got two turns. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, shall we move on to today's theme? Sure. Uh, Any last yeah. comments on the points changes? Yeah, we, we had one more oh, okay. vote, which oh, we'll, we'll publish sooner. Serge, you'll, you'll like this. We're, All right. we're having progress on this fund. We also... Oh, we, tell me it's fast fun to zero. No, no. <laughs> Damn it. Don't be ridiculous. What? That card's, that card's never won. It's insane. It's, it's really never good. won. That it's doesn't mean it should be zero. All right, all right. Well, um, tell me, tell me your. We voted on Madcap Experiment. Oh. It, it it three people wanted it to go to one. All right, tell me about Madcap Experiment. All right, so it's a four mana sorcery, three and a red. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal Platinum Imperium. <laughs> Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. And then Madcap deals no damage to you. Yeah. Uh, your opponent has to face down an 8 for the rest of the game when all you have in your hand is counter spells. That is the oracle text it's of Madcap <laughs> Experiment. It's, it's a one card. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be the dissenting opinion here because this is incredibly biased. Um, no. This, this card shouldn't go to one. Oh, and, and and I'm just saying we voted on it. All right, yeah. all right. But, but but you're saying it in a way that very clearly indicates that you think it's insane that it's. I not think one. it's insane and it should be one. I don't. I, I don't think no. it's insane. I was just saying what the card actually all right, does. All right, all right, fair, fair. All like right. nobody's casting this card to put anything other than platinum. In I'm play. not disagreeing with that statement, but like, <laughs> like Mono Red already wins a lot of tournaments, and you want to make that deck better. Yes. No, I won't. I want oh. people to be able to play it. You mean like Green White Aggro that won this this Monday? That deck. You want that deck? Did no Robin but win? But nobody nobody actually plays it. Hmm. Like the one tournament he played it, he won. Yeah. I but like. Hmm. All right. All right. All right. So all Madcap right. <laughs> Madcap stays zero. Highly contested. It, yeah. it was super close. All right. All right. Fast bond to zero. Today's theme. <laughs> Hard pass. Uh, our our fifteen minute introduction uh, today. We want to talk about why we love Highlander, despite Again. the fact that we'll we'll argue about pointed cards and and our bias, and we obviously have strong feelings about this format. At yeah. the end of the day, we all love it, and so we'd like to welcome you to a very special holiday episode of North One Hundred, Can Lander and Chill. And, and I mean, this is going to be especially nice because we're not allowed to swear. Well, we can we're allowed to swear. We don't swear, uh, which means that Jared and I won't actually argue that much because I I'm incapable of. Arguing without profanity. Without so, profanity. So my language is really just degraded to an all-time low. Man, yeah. if we really want to get into it, one day we should have, like, a Liam and Jer argue about stuff. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. So Alex, like, two turns into Canlander and Chill, she looks at you like Emmer Cole. She's like, ah. I would say that, like, two turns into Canlander and Chill, and she gives you the, the storm hunch. Just like, flip, 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 just flip, like, flip, flip. Uh, crack LED response. Like, whole uh, priority. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, uh-oh. Turns your own to Canlander and Chill. You're like, I have effects before the game starts. Leyline of Sanctity, Leyline of the Void. Oh, I was thinking you were like gemstone caverning someone. No. I haven't. I haven't done that in a long time. I haven't done that in a really long time. You know what I've been wanting to do recently? What's well, that? I've been wanting to channel people. Mm. Yeah. I just want to play red green ramp with channel. Ah, uh, that the old Lotus like, channel deck. That deck yeah, is sweet. Yeah. I yeah. the last time somebody played that against me, I was on lands and I was trying to do scape shift combo without playing red. So uh -huh. I had... Wait, what? The yeah, classic. Prismatic Omen. Yeah, I had Prismatic Omen. So Prismatic Omen's a, a two-mana uh, enchantment. Do you still play Valakit? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, you, you have, have to play to. Yeah, you have, have to play Valakit. That's, that's why you're playing Scapeshift. I just but, thought there was a different combo. So Prismatic Omen is a, a two-mana green enchantment for one and a green and says all of your lands are all basic land types. So they all count as mountains, including, including Valakit counts yeah. itself. Okay. So I was feeling really clever on myself. I had a fast bond. I had a Prismatic Omen in play, and my opponent goes, channel... And then, what's that stupid artifact creature? It's like a 7-10. Uh, 
Oh, and it comes so into play, can. and it destroys one of each land type. Sundering, oh, sundering Titan. Titan. Sundering yeah, my opponent sure. goes channel into Sundering Titan while I have Prismatic <laughs> only into play, and blows out my entire board, and then had a way to sack it to like just uh, ten for ones me. Powerful. The old magic. quintuple stone rain. Yeah, and I was like, are you kidding me? I have had some of the worst blowouts in Magic ever playing the lands deck. When I'm sitting there, I'm trying to set up Fast Spawn Zern Orb. Yeah. And then my opponent's just like, mind slaver you, sack all your lands. And I'm just like, come on! Serge, I don't mean to be to be mean here, but yeah. you, you looked at Scapeshift and you said, man, this is a really powerful card. It's like a one-card combo, yeah. you don't need anything else. And you thought to yourself, you know what I should do? Make this a two-card combo. <laughs> <laughs> Add a second thing to the mix here. Because you can't win unless you have both in play. Yeah, yeah. But you don't want to actually play red yeah, in the lands I, deck. I actually agree with you. Like, like the four the color, part. the four-color Scapeshift deck I played is like bug with red lands in it like sometimes. The, the only <laughs> if you want to include red in any fun lands deck, you're basically forced into like seismic assaults or yeah. Borbergmos in range. That's the only way to get value out of red unless you, you start gamble. going like really niche. Yeah, gamble, gamble is fine, okay. but it's it's, insane. it's, it's you a gamble for life from the but it's a gamble. No, it's not. Uh, you so, gamble the life from the low. No, gamble, rather, no future, man. I'd rather just play in Tomb. I'd rather play Black mm. and just But then put... you get two. Porcano Los Dos. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Serge. I think that that's largely true. I actually played lands this Thursday. No way! Yeah, Pat lent me uh, red-green, splash, blue-black blue lands. <laughs> 11 point. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that part up, but... Um, and it was sweet. It was like, so it was like base red-green. Uh, we were like seismic assaulting. That was the point. And also Molten Vortex. Which yeah, is, is yeah, similar. yeah, yeah. Um, and then the blue splash was for like uh, some pointed cards. One of them... Too many pointed cards. You want to know the best reason to play blue and lands? What? Uh, uh, trade Roots. No, I wasn't playing that one. No, man. Trade Roots is the hardness. That card is. So you play Trade Roots, Maloku, and uh, Obero. Are, are, yeah. are three blue effects that let you go infinite with Fast Bond. Mm. Depending on what your win con is. If Fair it's enough. if it's recurring a landfall over and over, that's the that's the hot tech. Anyways, tell me about your deck. You're splashing blue for... Uh, the gifts and yeah. intuition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the intuition somewhat erroneously, but that's okay. Um, and then the black splash was for like demonic tutor, uh, and then it was it was kind of sweet. We were playing Leofold emissary of trust on the old double splash. <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, that card's I mean, nuts. It was really good, and I had green sun zenith in my deck. Um, Pat said that he he like he put the deck together uh, like he like had been wanting to play it for a while, and like it was super cool. Like I did I did a bunch of fun stuff. Also, um, the other reason to play red in lands is you get punishing fire. Uh, yeah. the burn mills, and I actually set that up more than once. I was going to say, that's hard to set up, and, and the return you get in Highlander isn't quite the same return you get in Legacy on that combo. Oh, bro. You know how you could set up Grove of the Burn Willows uh, and Punishing Fire? Gamble. Oh. Gamble. <laughs> you can't win, Surge. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, it, but you can also entomb Punishing Fire. Exactly. Poor K. But then you're playing Gamble, red. you cannot lose. It's yeah, you're good. already playing red. It's good or better. I can cite many examples of how I've lost with Gamble. <laughs> yeah. I, it was okay for me, but it wasn't insane. So I, I, I went Fair. I went one three. Um, I beat. Uh, actually, this was bad. I, I beat uh, someone who will, shall remain unnamed because this story is not the greatest on on bug. Where as I said at the beginning, I ghost quartered my opponent, and my opponent went yep. And in the rules, I'm actually obliged to inform my opponent that they can search for a basic, yep. and I didn't. New, new uh, rule change. It's a new relatively. rule change. It's also I think kind of a weird rule change, but fine. I'm obligated. My, Sorry, what? Yeah, so I ghost quartered my opponent, okay. which normally 
would kill one of their lands, and then they'd have they would get to go search for a basic. Yeah. And what I'm supposed to say is, hey, you can search for a basic if you want. Okay. Uh, and I didn't. Basically, I like like I know my opponent pretty well. I was like pretty sure that this person knew what this card did. Pretty uh, sure you, they've played the card. Oh, I'm certain they've played the card. Okay. Uh, and my my opponent just put the land in the graveyard and went, yep. And I was like, all right. They so clearly don't want. They just like don't want to search. Well, they just like have no basics You're, in their deck. Well, but, you, you as the ghost quartering player are now obliged to tell them they have a choice to yeah. find a land. Huh. So anyway, we play the entire match, uh, and I, I assemble Ghost Quarter in, in both matches, like Ghost Quarter Life from the Loam, where Ghost Quarter is just acting as strip mine. And then after the match, I find out that, no, like my opponent had basics in their deck. They just oh. weren't searching because they didn't realize. Oops. Um, they just like, forgot what Ghost Quarter did? Yeah, and I'm supposed to tell them. So it is, it is my fault. Uh, so I, I won that match, and then I had the unfortunate points issue. That's actually, that's, that's part of the rules? There's it's like, not part of the rules. You have now, to tell them? Yeah, like... Cards like Settle the Wreckage, Path to Exile, Ghost Quarter. Whenever one of your cards presents your opponents with a choice, you're now required to uh, make them aware of the choice. Huh. Yeah. That you're not allowed to assume they, they have fully no. read, read your card and know they're allowed to take an action. Yeah. It's, right, a, so it, it's a relatively recent rule change, I'd say probably three-ish months ago. But it was... It was like, around the time Settle the Wreckage came out. Hmm. Like they say, deserted, but not uninhabited. <laughs> Do y'all have some build-around cards that you've been meaning to put in a deck, but you've just never gotten around to it? I got one. Oh, all right, tell me. Her name's Glissa the Traitor. Oh, I've wanted to play Glissa for so I, long! All right, here's maybe a dissenting opinion. Yeah? Why wouldn't you I play Glissa? No, 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 that's oh. not what I'm going to say. I think she's just good. I don't think she's a build-around card. Yeah. I don't think you have to do anything with artifacts. I just think, like, yeah, in a bunch of metas, 3-3 three, three First Strike Death Touch is, like, yeah. real good. Like, like, maybe you just play the Executioner's Capsule or something. Yeah. Or, like, like Nihil Spellbomb. That's either. what I was thinking about. Like, I, I looked at this card and was like, you know, I want to play this with, yeah, like, Nihil Spellbomb, maybe Executioner's Capsule. Perilous Mirror. Yeah, no. that's, but, that, but then it, that's probably and just And then you becoming, get your workshop in the deck. Yeah, that's probably becoming a bad swords. deck. But yeah, maybe I'm just supposed to build, yeah, like, Golgari aggro and jam this in and not have any artifacts. Or maybe just use it... Like, maybe you get a trigger off this once to get back... I don't know. If you play equipment GTA or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like exactly. it's, all, it's already above the curve in yeah, terms like of, like, power toughness. The card we're talking about is a legendary zombie elf. For, oh my god, she's a zombie too? Oh yeah! She gets in Zombie Lander! How do we not know? Uh, <laughs> I have some research to do. It's zombie Watch 2017. Black, green, green for a 3 3 with first strike and death touch, which yeah. means she wins combat. Yeah, yeah. Against almost everything? Yeah, you know what else is fantastic yep. with this card? Court yep. of Calling. Oh, oh. Right, right? They yeah. attack into you and you're like, ha, huh, surprise, yeah. kill whatever you attack me there with. There is another block of text. Uh, oh, right, sorry. On this card. Oh, oh sorry. yeah. Uh, it's. Don't leave me. Whenever a creature an opponent controls is put into a graveyard. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to your hand. Pretty good. So, like, if That'll you kill have... something, you yeah. get to regrow an artifact. And notably, you can get something. back artifact creatures, too. Yeah. So, if you're playing. Like porcelain legionnaire in your or like solemn small crumb, solemn in a in a value deck or something. Yeah, you're like solemn. Why are you playing solemn search? So like this actually this sort of reminds me of what I've been trying to do with zombie lander because like that deck I don't know if it if it works as a tribal deck yet because it's just like so thin on one drops. I wonder if maybe I could build you know like a Golgari aggro or maybe even mid range deck that has zombies as like a very gentle sub theme. Mm. 
like a bunch of good zombies or ones that have like self-contained abilities um, and not go like too hard into the... So like, we're talking like Abzan zombie mid-range. Maybe? <laughs> yeah. I think just two color would be good. Like three color is super cool. I wonder how many artifact zombies there are. Uh, one. It's Tide Hollow's color. That's that's there's, one of the big reasons also, I want to play one. Yeah, I was gonna say there's I think there also might be more than one. Metallic Mimic and Adaptive Automaton. Oh yeah, oh, yeah there is. There, yeah. Wow, Tidal Scholar is just a zombie. It doesn't yeah. have any other it's not even a zombie construct? Nope. What the heck? Just no. a zombie. This doesn't make any sense. Oh, that's <laughs> work, it's an Ethereum zombie. I wonder if that kind of deck building strategy could work for vampires as well. Like there are there are yeah. a couple of vampires that have like Pretty sick, self-contained abilities. What's the four mana one that that transforms? Oh, Bloodline, Bloodline Keeper. Keeper. Bloodline like, Keeper. That card's that card's, insane. That card's yeah, that card's really, really good. good. I was also thinking of like Captivating Vampire. Which one's Captivating Vampire? It's like you tap a bunch of vampires and you get to steal stuff. Yeah, and it yeah. also lords all your vampires. Yeah, and it also is a, va a vampire lord. Like I like I like three, the red black three, 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 three. like Falconrath Aristocrat and what's the four mana three three that like pings and steals Olivia stuff? Olivia Voldaire. Olivia Voldaire. Like those mm -hmm. cards by themselves are nuts, and, mm -hmm. and they see play and stuff. Alex, I've just been throwing up on the screen any like Golgari zombie mm. that I come across. Don't forget about Jared. Oh, Jared, Jared, Golgarinich Lord. Lord. What? <laughs> like, Did you both do the same zombie yeah. bit? The, what? Th this was Mac. Just I don't know why he he had. Some, what deck was he playing this in? Do you know what I was? I don't know. Yeah, Goblins. Yeah, I didn't even know. Splash splash not a goblin. Goblin. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's splashing double black, double green goblins. I'm, 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 so, that man has played birthing pot and goblins before anything's possible. Oh, let's stuff. go. Let's go back to Jaren. What is this card? I don't think I've ever seen it before. It's green, it's green, cool. black, black. It gets plus one. It's a two-two. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. It's technically pronounced Gerard, but everyone calls him Jared. <laughs> okay. Jared. Go Grilich. Um, um, and he has an activated ability. One black green, sacrifice another creature. Kay. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrifice creature's power. And you can sacrifice the swamp and a forest to return Gerard from your graveyard <laughs> to your hand. So four mana two? Yeah, two? he's like... Yeah, probably bigger. Yeah. It's almost certainly bigger. So this card goes into the Highlander <laughs> self-mill deck. For sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, you laugh, you, I have a list. You have Grim Flare? Yeah. Like, it's Jared's list. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I've played it. I played it on Moto a little bit when I was streaming. That deck yeah, is know, so like, much fun. It maybe. was really fun to play on Moto when I didn't have to mechanically oh man my graveyard. It was awesome. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I build a deck that's like zombies introducing Tarmogoyf. <laughs> <laughs> the art on this card. What is Marrow a Marrow Chomper? Five well, mana, three three with yeah. Devour. That's a mechanic I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. When it enters play. You gain two life for each creature you devoured. This card is not good. That's <laughs> a no bueno. Just OTK people. You can, but you can sacrifice any number of creatures. It's you gain life. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we just play Abzan. We go like... No, no, we want we want them to lose life. We don't care about our own life. No, total. no, no. Life is a resource you can leverage. Okay, we get well, our Sanguine Bond. I assume you have like an aristocrat in play. <laughs> or our Sanguine Bond, and then no. we just we just play like... We're not playing EDH. Secure the Wastes on end step. We untap and play this thing. <laughs> and we gain like 10 life. They take 10. We have an 11-11. That's... Okay. 13, yeah. 13. I want to go back to the question. Build around. Build around is such a, such an interesting yeah, like concept for Highlander. Or maybe like. I've wanted to revisit Enchantress for a long time. Mm, I, I, I haven't played Enchantress I, in a long time, and Theros was printed since the last time I did. I hear that was good for enchantments. I, I, I just got all the cards to play Enchantress. So did I'm, you really? I'm gonna play that. Oh man, what? How are you gonna win? 
Because that's the hard I, part. I don't that, know that Jared has an answer to that question. So, so I've tried. I've tried win. to chant. I've tried to win on enchantments a couple times. <coughs> One of the classic ways I went with it was actually Palancron, because you already have you already have a Sarah Sanctum, so you can make infinite mana a lot more reliably than a lot of other decks. You want to just give a TLDR on that deck? Enchantress? On Enchantress? Yeah, like what when you when when you say Enchantress. So Enchantress is an archetype uh, that plays around. Uh, cards that are called Enchantress. So the first one was Verudian Enchantress. There's also Mesa Enchantress and a couple other ones. Enchantress is a present. Enchantress is present. Yeah. yeah. And and what an Enchantress does as as a a thing that's not actually a rule but is as a commonality is whenever you cast an enchantment, you get to draw a card. So what the archetype classically is is you play a lot of very 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 cheap enchantments. For example, Wild Growth. And if you have an Enchantress in play, you get to do two things. One, you get to ramp mana off of Wild Growth effects, and finally Sarah Sanctum, which is kind of like Telerian Academy, but for enchantments. So you get to add white for every enchantment in your deck. And, and then two, play. In, in play, pardon me, oh my goodness, in your deck, in play. And then secondly, you're drawing a ton of cards, so you're producing this huge card advantage and this huge man advantage over your opponent. The problems with the deck is how do you win and how do you stay alive as your as your game plan doesn't really interact with your opponent? And there are some defensive enchantments you can play to try and get there. Like Perforinos? Solitary Confinement. Yeah, exactly. There's all these, these things that affect um, your opponent attacking you or being, um, you know, blanking their removal or their ability to target you with stuff, but it's still, your game plan is don't lose, then somehow turn around and win, as opposed to a lot of linear strategies which are just like, kill my opponent as quickly like, as possible. Draw cards, don't lose, question mark, yeah. win? It's, it's like Maybe. the classic Pillow Fort deck. You're just like, trying to put all these things in the way of your opponent while you're powerfully doing nothing and then eventually... <laughs> You, know, you do yeah, they're, the most they're, powerful nothing. You're bound to get them somehow. So like, in Legacy, this deck typically wins with Word of War? Did I get not, that right? Not anymore. Not not anymore. It hasn't won with Words of War. In so Words of War is an years. old red mana enchantment. Uh, I, I believe. not know this card. So it's, it's real old. It's a three mana enchantment for two and a red that says, pay one, the next time you would draw a card this turn, instead you'll two damage a target creature or player. So as your Enchantress engine is going on and on, and you've got all this mana, you've got like five draw triggers and 80 mana, and so wow. you just dome them for 10. But this is very hard to replicate in Highlander, because there's only one, and you typically don't want to play red in Enchantress, because mm -hmm. it doesn't really give you all that much, other than dilute your mana base. Mm -hmm. Graham? For Words of War, am I correct in that uh, you sort of, you know, in your upkeep or whatever, you activate this... Ten times, and then you go to draw, and they no, all trigger on it that can draw. Only, it can only apply one replacement effect to one instance. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, so you, you can't like double trigger. So you're like, I have a draw incoming right now. I activate it. I turn that draw into two damage. Um, and then, so the way it works with Enchantress is if you have multiple Enchantresses in play, uh, and you play one enchantment, you might have four draw triggers, and then so you'll have four chances to pay one generic mana to replace each of those independently and then, and then resolve those all in, independently. And because of Sarah Sanctum, generic mana is really easy to come by in, yeah. in this deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how are you How are you planning to win with Enchantress? Because that's that's what's kept me off it for a long uh, time, is I didn't like how it won. I was... I'm, I'm planning to play, like, <laughs> Opalescence yeah. and the new five-mana one, the name... Starfield of Nyx. Yeah, Starfield so of Nyx. That's so risky. I always worry about playing Opalescence and just getting Wrath of God and then crying. You, you just <laughs> wait till you're going to win with it. Yeah, I guess that's fair. You only you only uh, cast in the turn it's lethal. Yeah, but mostly I'm just planning, like, I'm going to have Emrakul in my deck. Yeah, yeah. So what does Opalescence do, just as a reminder? Uh, 
two white white. Uh, each other global enchantment, so non-aura enchantment, is a creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost. It's still an enchantment. Yeah, so if you have 20 power, or 20 CMC worth of enchantments on the battlefield and you slam this, you get, to, you get to swing for lethal. Le Legacy All-Star in the ever-popular Leylines deck. Oh yeah, that deck is sick. I love, to, like, John Avon, typically known for his landscapes, has, has the art on this card where one of your enchantments is turning into some dude in slacks. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's yeah. just wearing, like, khakis and a polo <laughs> shirt. Guys. My wild My growth is now a man! No, that's, a, that's an aura. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No deal. All right, yeah. well, something else. But yeah. it non-bows with My solemnity. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, as I said, we're not, we're not, this deck, you're not that worried about winning. Hey, uh, just, Judge, how yeah. does this card interact with humility? Nope. No, don't do it. Don't, but no, Graham, change it. Surge ahead. Next card. No, no, no. So, I, and I, then, I'm really curious. I want to know. And then sometimes no, you, you just got the, I, I, I the good really old Emrakul in your deck. Sometimes you just pay 15 mana and win. All right. Since they don't want to answer the hard <laughs> questions, I'll talk about something else. I think you should put red in your Enchantress decks. Why? Uh, because you play Enduring Ideal instead of anything else, and then you Enduring Ideal into form of the dragon after you've locked <laughs> the game up and you kill people. Whoa. So, alright, so the, 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 one, the one thing about the Enchantress decks is uh, one of the more important aspects is that you're often basically locking the game up before you win. Yeah. So you're yep. playing something like Solitary Confinement, um, which is a three-mana enchantment which reads like... Do nothing. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> it, but there's it, an important... It, it's yeah, the most yeah, important yeah, card yeah. in the deck. Yeah. And, and the important part about Solitary Confinement is that you have to pay, you have to discard a card every upkeep. Yep. And you skip your draw step. And you skip your draw step. So you need to assemble some sort of draw engine in order yeah. to keep it. Uh, or you need to skip your upkeep, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, so, I, I did catch you off. You want to just read the, the sure, whole card? Sure, yeah. So at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Solitary Confinement unless you discard a card from your hand. It costs two and a white, by the way. Um, skip your draw step. You can't be the target of spells or abilities and prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. So you, you basically can't die. Um, you can't lose. Yeah. You can lose, you just can't die. You oh. can't die, yeah. Um, so what you need That's to hard. do, though, is you need to set up some kind of system where you're drawing a card in your upkeep. Uh, there's lots of ways to do this. Uh, I was playing the blue Honden. Uh, you don't need to draw a card in your upkeep as long as you can reliably sure. have a card but, in hand to discard the first time you, and have a draw engine. Yeah, you need to have a draw engine and a way to, to protect this. So in the Enduring Ideal deck, um, you actually only need to cast like two or three Enduring Ideals to win the game. The first one, so Enduring Ideal is like a seven mana <laughs> white sorcery with that, epic. Which with epic, yeah. So oh, that classic epic mechanic. So it says search your sorry, yeah, it's seven. So search your library for an enchantment card and put it into play, then shuffle your library, epic. For the rest of the game, you can't play spells at the beginning of your of each upkeep, copy the spell, uh, except for its epic ability. So basically, you play Enduring Ideal, and then for the rest of the game, your upkeep, you get an enchantment and you put it in And play. I guess if you got Solitary Confinement and enough cards, you don't really have to worry. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of ways you can do it. You can start, usually you start with getting the draw, the, either the Solitary Confinement if you have a, a draw in, a, a couple cards in hand, sure. or something else. So you get the Solitary Confinement, then you get something to protect the Solitary Confinement, then you get something to make sure you draw cards, <laughs> then you've got to win the game. Um, and that ever important step, right? So there's a couple ways you can do this. Uh, in my Naya version, I was playing both Form of the Dragon. Uh, I was also playing Helix Pinnacle. I'm sorry. Whoa. What is a Helix Pinnacle? Helix Pinnacle is a single green mana for an <laughs> enchantment that reads uh, Shroud. Put X tower counters on Helix Pinnacle at the beginning of your upkeep. If there are five or more, or no, if there 100. are hundred or more uh, tower counters on Helix Pinnacle, you win the game. The, the cost, by the way, was X. It was. F for, yeah. the, for the cost of X. 
yeah, put yeah. X counters yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah. And there's no so you have to dump 100 mana into it. Yeah, so the reason you might go for this instead of Form of the Dragon is like, I don't know, they might have Shroud or something. Uh, if, if they the like, if they have Leyline, yeah. Well, like, there's just like you don't want you don't want Form of the Dragon to be your only win condition because you can lose. So I hear you want a mana sink. Yeah. Um, so Why I, do I have a thing for you? So so I three one with with this deck like two and a half years ago. Uh, I was actually playing <laughs> to get into Helix. Yeah. So I was playing to get into the finals, and here's here's what happened to me. We'll do a little. Sure. This, sure, is, sure. A, this is a not powerful magic story. So I'm I'm playing story. against a blue red opponent, Kay. and. I'm doing pretty well. I'm not dead, which is pretty important. But counter spells are pretty hard to play around with the old seven mana sorcery. So eventually, you just have to like do it, right? You kind of like put the Nike hat on forward as opposed to backwards, <laughs> like I usually do, uh, and you just like play, play your salt, your your enduring ideal. So I do, and then my opponent does the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. Oh no! They just think, and they're like, "All right." <laughs> and I look at their. They have like five cards in hand. Presumably, one of them's a counter spell, and they go. Yeah, that's fine. And so I go get my first enchantment. I forget what it was. It's not important. Uh, then on their turn, they play Glenelender Archmage, which oh. is a three and a blue for a two-two flyer with persist uh -huh. and flying with the activated ability. Spend one blue mana, sacrifice Glenelender Archmage, uh, counter target non-creature spell. Oh dear. Um, so this is negate on a body. It gets two negates. Oh, so okay. does Enduring Ideal cast the spell every turn? Oh, it yeah. puts a copy oh, onto, the on, onto the stack. So you're super screwed. It well, doesn't... I'm not that screwed <laughs> at, at first, right? It's like, okay, this is annoying. It's going to counter two of my Enduring Ideals, but like. My opponent does have to provide a counterspell every turn. Not not any two. The two they want. Sure, but, but <clears throat> the thing is, if they let the Enduring Ideal resolve, I get to go get anything. Yeah. So I can get rid of this, potentially. Yeah, okay. I got, I got outs. Uh, I didn't have outs when on the next turn they untapped and put Splinter Twin on this. Wow! Uh, and then every turn for the rest of the game made a Splinter Twin copy of Glenelender Archmage, not legendary, you'll note, um, and sacrificed the copy to counter my Enduring Ideal. Um, and then I died eventually. I don't actually remember how. It, I, I don't think I conceded, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> Knowing you, you did not concede. No, I was ardent with rage, though, wow, you could say. Wow, that's... Um, <laughs> just like... Powerful turtle. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really so, the tragedy of our years. A, a build-around card I've been meaning to bring back recently to get off yeah, the yeah, Enchantress yeah. train a bit uh -huh. is a food chain. Mm. I, yeah, I I played it to reasonable success earlier on in the year. I uh, built like I've never built like a dedicated food chain deck before, so I I built a dedicated food chain deck and actually four would then lost in the finals. Then so never played about, it again. Talk about food chain really quick. So What's food the chain's card do? two and a green for an enchantment. Yeah, it has an activated ability. Remove a creature you control from the game. Add X mana and any color to your mana pool where X is the room creature's CMC plus one. Plus one. And the mana can only be played to cast creature spells. Now, why is this good? Uh, because... Oh, we got a quick question from Graham here. I'm just saying, whatever plane this is on, the, the those are the maggots. Cr please cremate me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a grave, Tough right? Fair. Well, uh, it might yeah. be Those things are the size pile. of a dog. Yeah. It might be a dog pile. You don't know. Um, they look like walruses. So this card is good because they printed the cards Mist Hollow Griffin and Eternal Scourge. And Mist, these cards are functionally the same in this deck, but they both read they can be cast from exile and they cost some amount of mana. So you exile them, get their CMC plus one, and yeah. then cast them again. Yeah, so you, you have arbitrary large amounts of mana and any color to cast creature spells. Okay, so what do you use it for? So we have two cards in the combo. <laughs> uh... 
You so you have infinite creature mana in any color. The the best way to win is with walking ballista. You just cast right. a ginormous walking ballista and then yeah. Shoot you know, it's, it's, it's the creature fireball du jour. I love thinking of walking ballista as uh, fireball. That's so spicy. I, I also played uh, Soul of the Harvest. You're going to have to tell me what that is. It's four green green. Whenever you cast, maybe whenever a creature enters the battlefield. Enters the battlefield. Enters the battlefield, I want to say. Oh! Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card and it's a 6-6 six, six trample. You, you get infinite mana and then you can... Oh, May, that's important. You yeah. don't it is. You have to deck die. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... I played this card as a draw engine for the deck because if you have it in hand and a food chain in play and one of the food chainable creatures... Yeah. You, you get to cast this, and then... Oh, rip your deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rip, rip your deck until you find the Walking Ballista, so it's just another way to the ETB. get Walking Ballista. Hmm. Uh, I also played Craterhoof Behemoth in case Walking Ballista got exiled. I was also playing Natural Order to be able to the Natural Order for Soul of the Harvest. Yeah, or this deck was huff. this deck was such a pile. So you want, <laughs> you want to go back? You want to go back in the the good old days? You were were you playing Vela? I don't uh, know. I don't no. remember her epithet, but that, no. that was the old win condition, right? That that's the legacy win condition. I just think in Highlander, okay. it's it's too much of a do nothing. What's Vela? Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know that card. Vela's six mana. Yeah. What the what? Green intimidate other creatures you control have intimidate, and whenever. It, she or another creature you control leaves the battlefield. Each oh, opponent loses one life. Yeah, so it gets around sense. like targeting things. Yeah. That's sort of like a really expensive aristocrat. It's so expensive. <laughs> it is. I would never play this card. <laughs> well, but so here's the important thing. It says leave as opposed to dies. Yeah. So and that's why it works here because you're uh, exiling okay. your creatures. And it says each opponent loses one life. So it gets around like your Tarting, opponent having damage, a ley line. Your opponent having so, like removal. Got it. Okay, so yeah. that, that little caveat that it has is relevant. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the reason why it's hard to play Highlander, though, is because it's a six drop that's not very good. It's, like, yeah. only a combo card, whereas, like, the Walking Ballista that Jarrah was talking about, like, fair Walking Ballista is just, like, great in some matchups. Like, if you just... Exactly. Because Jarrah was playing Mana Dorks and stuff in this strategy, so if you yep. just go, like, turn three, play a Walking Ballista for two, kill both your Mana Dorks, your opponent often just dies. Well, and, and the funny thing is, the way I built this deck is I can't remember what I was doing on the day, but I had to go into work early. So I just brought, like, 300 cards with yeah. me. And, like, I was doing I want work, a deck by the end but of I was day. also just, like, pruning this Highlander deck throughout the day before the tournament. And so it was definitely, like, not my, not my finest work, but the deck was super mm. fun and, like, did probably much better than it should have, so yeah. I want to revisit that card. I don't have a, a builder on card, but there's a deck that I've been thinking about that I probably don't own a lot of the cards for. Maybe this would be one that Serge was interested in. It's, um, Go on. <laughs> uh, like, I want to call it Rakdos Affinity. This okay. sounds like a Surge kind yeah, of deck. Yeah, because, yeah. I'm like, with you so far. Okay, think of this. It's like you ha the cards you have in the deck are like, um, oh, what's the, the red-black Planeswalker for three? Um, Duretti. Yeah, Ingenious you get, Iconoclast. Yeah, you get, you get Duretti. Yeah. You get um, Pian... Kieran Nalar. Yeah. And this is the deck that plays like Shrapnel Blast and uh, um, Galvanic Blast and stuff like that. I put those and I like, put those in a an Esper version of like the affinity list. Just played these red cards for, for red value? Cards, yeah. No, I, I was playing blue red and I splashed the black cards specifically mm. for ones you're nailing there because yeah, that's some hotness. Grixis. But yeah, but keep going. Oh, Grixis, yeah, like, I'm sorry. There's a, yeah. There's a bunch of little cards. It's like you can throw in the aggro guys like um uh 
because there's a sort of a, an aristocrats theme to it. So you could play Disciple of the Vault. Oh yeah. And um, uh, you know, Art, a, you know a card Ravager. I a card I love now that that came out in Kaladesh as well, the Scrap Heap Scrounger. Yeah, that's the, that yeah, card's stuff like that. so good, so 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 good. Get Glaive Fiend in this deck. What's well, a glaze? Glaze? Oh, I've always, I've always yeah. wanted to play that card. So every time I sleeve up a black version of, of Workshop Weenie, somebody suggests Glaze Fiend. Yeah, and one in a black for a zero one with flying. Doesn't seem very good. <laughs> but whenever another artifact comes into play under your control, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. You know why I never played this card? Why is that? I can't cast it off Workshop. Yeah, I, I actually think that this deck doesn't play Workshop. You can pay but, one mana of it off Workshop. Yeah. But, but... I mean... But why? Well, is there some way to go? Is there some way with this card? Um, <clears throat> oh, if you do that, you had that combo where you're casting Ornithopter over and over and over, but you're already winning with that. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. There's another is there, like some artifact that bounces itself? There's an, there's an artifact similar to this. I think it's, it's called Salvage Slasher. Um, right, this is what I've never heard of. Don't it's know this. probably one. pretty bad. What is a Salvage Slasher? Uh, yeah, it's one and a black for a one one. It gets plus one plus zero oh for each oh, artifact in your graveyard. It's less yeah, good, obviously. Not, not still I wish it had evasion. If it, yeah, had, it had evasion, well, but there's actually speaking of which, there, there's like um, other cards that got printed in Kaladesh, like the the um, the three one that you can sack artifacts to make it indestructible. That card is so good. That Syn Aetherborn Syndicate Trafficker. Syndicate Trafficker is really is like that card. Like you see really the direction good. the deck's going. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 basically like a mid range. You're an aggressive mid range deck with an artifact sub theme. So yeah. you're probably playing all the artifact lands. You're probably playing some of the Your points are like mox 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 <clears throat> something mo Strip mana line. crypt. I'd probably Strip go mox mox crypt gta. That seems good. Yeah. And a list like this. Just really fast starts and a really powerful equipment. You can even make this Mardu splash white for Stoneforge. I thought about that, and you're right, because like it gets more options, but I thought that like for a deck like this, keeping the, the mana base simple. You might could even be probably wise. play Blood Moon in the two color version. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. So my issue with Glaze Fiend is you have to be either really aggressive or you need to constantly be able to refill your hand. Which is, which is the thing I worry about this, because you have one turn where you might be able to hit them for like six with it. Yeah. But I, I find this card is actually counterintuitive to what you want to do. So say you have a very powerful Mox hand to start the game. Yeah. Like, you don't want to... If you have that fast of a hand, you don't want to play Glaze Fiend on turn two and then turn three, drop all your fast mana to pump for like six and have turn five well, on turn have, four. If you have a Mox, you can <clears throat> play this on turn one off a of Mox and then just like play two things the next turn, hit for four. Mm -hmm. That's That's still really good. Graham, can you look up Cloudstone Curio for me? <laughs> I don't remember what this one does. That this card is really works. popular. I've never understood Clam. Yeah. Like, why oh, no, do people like this artifact. card? Uh, <laughs> they thought it's of everything! <laughs> no, you could still... Oh, no, you can't. Can't bounce. Yeah, it's three mana for an artifact. Whenever a non-artifact permanent comes into play under your control, you may return. I know what other deck I need to play. That shares a permanent type with it. Yeah, because they thought about Mox for this specifically. <laughs> Mox, Ornithopter, Memnite. They're like, no, no, no. We can't. We well, can't just would, print a two yeah, card Cloud, combo. Cloudstone Courier would go <clears throat> infinite with Mox. And you would just get infinite mana. With yeah, them. I need. I need to play Druid Tribal again soon. <laughs> <laughs> you keep talking about it. I haven't guilt leaf archfiended somebody in a while. Yeah. Wow. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I played Blaze Fiend. Serge, you and I actually fairly early on in my Highlander career played a, one of the more memorable matches of Magic I've played where we were both playing Affinity. You were playing like the Workshop Weenie Esper Affinity. Yeah, but you had a I, weird Tinker version. Yeah, I was on Tinker Aggro, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're uh, like, uh, so I'm playing this Aggro deck, except I'm also playing like seven 12 drops in no, case I, I hit two. Tinker. <laughs> I had two. I had Sphinx of the Steel Wind and White Steel Colossus in my Tinker deck. Dang. Um, hey, we were playing for 3-1. I lost, but like, I don't know, I was like potentially gonna make some money back with this deck. Uh, I didn't. The, but, the good old days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it was funny because we like, we both ordered cards at the same time. Um, and, and so you were like, yeah, I, want, I like need these cards or whatever. And I was like, interesting, those cards, eh? And it was like a bunch of like Metalcraft stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. You were like, mm. Well, I remember, I remember doing that shopping trip and being like, how much is a foil Membite? You're like, like How much is a, yeah, and it's like, I don't really want to pay $10 for that. How much is a foil Thoughtcast? You're like, Ugh! Like, damn, modern players. I'm like, how foil much is a foil Mortipod? 50 cents? Hook me up. <laughs> Yeah, foil oh, <laughs> yeah. Is that card good? I keep thinking about putting it in Aristocrats, but the it, activation seems kind of expensive. Yeah. It has an equip cost. Yeah. Yeah, it costs two to equip, which I think is kind of yeah. killer here. I have, I have won games with it in decks that probably shouldn't be playing it. Mm. <laughs> it's probably the like, best way maybe, I can describe this card. It's maybe better than it looks. Mortar Pot is uh, two mana for an equipment with living weapon, so it comes into play with a germ, a zero zero germ token attached to it. Yeah. And the equipped creature gets plus zero, plus one, and has uh, sacrificed this creature, and it deals one damage to a creature player. And it equips her two. So if you think of it as a two mana, one damage burn spell. That does not sound good. Right? That's kind of the tough part, because the, the, the equip... It's a four mana, one damage burn. No, 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 because no, it comes with a germ equip. All right, so sure. you, you, get, you get the one damage for free. Yeah, the, totally. the, the hard part is... The hard part is... Like, the nut play here is you get... Uh, like blood gassed or something. I mean, I I, I guess that's the nut play, but the problem. <sighs> go ahead. <clears throat> the the all the sweet plays I want to make with this cost so much mana. Yeah. It's like, if you get like reassembling skeleton, this it's like sweet. I can pay four mana. Four mana turn <laughs> to hit you for one. <sighs> Mortipod is I I know I've come so close. I've played it before, but. So this is the reason you play this card. One, you want to deal one damage to things. Two, you want to blank your opponent's removal spells. So those are the, case, the cases you like it. The cases you don't like it are, I have a creature and I'm beating them to death with it, and Mortipod is equipped on this creature and it does nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I've paid four mana to cast Mortipod, deal one damage to opponent, put it on the threat I want to protect, and they don't actually have a removal spell. Whereas if this was an aggressively costed piece of equipment, my opponent would just be dead. Mm -hmm. So right. I've invested this all this time in a... Pardon sort me? Of, yeah. yeah. It's um, sort of unrelated. Does this combo with Death Touch? Yes. Yes. Because it says the creature deals the damage. It's very hot. In, yeah. in standard, the combo was Basilisk Collar and Mortar Pod. Basilisk Collar? Like, Basilisk Collar Pinger deck? Pat played it's, it. Did he? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I almost played Basilisk Collar. Yeah. That sounds about right. So Basilisk Collar is a, a one-man equipment. Uh, it equips for two, and equipped creature gets death touch and lifelink. So I thought about playing this in, in Workshop Weenie, but it didn't do an, enough. Like, I was like, do I yeah. play this or Bone Splitter? And I was like, Bone Splitter wins like, every this time. Card isn't, I, I, I've heard that this card is insane in EDH because you just put it on something that, like, ping stuff, and you're just like, put it on Nip Mizzet. Yeah, Nip Mizzet, and then your friends leave you. And I mean, like, this would obviously be completely insane on something like, um... Walking Ballista? Yeah, Ballista, or I was thinking, um... Ooh. Goblin Sharpshooter. 
Yeah, it just like kills everything. But that's like we're talking about build arounds again. Kind of like magical Christmas land. Yeah, I I actually think this card might be underplayed though. I agree. It, it's like the lifelink is really good against red in particular, mm -hmm. um, and then the death touch means that it's like not actually dead in like the mid range matchups as what, well. Yeah. What deck wants to play this though? Uh, I don't know. That's the complicated part. That's I think a hard you could thing. play it in aristocrats. You could play it in aristocrats maybe. Yeah. You, you could play it in some of the. Um, other aggressive decks shells, like especially the ones Could with white tokens. So yeah. the hardest part I have with this card is in a vacuum, it's really solid. It does things you care about, but anytime you think about putting it into a deck, it gets really hard. It's it's very easy to cut. I don't know. I disagree. I think in a vacuum, this card does nothing. But yeah, it's like it's not it's not maybe something. It's not like killing any your opponent any faster. That's it's what I'm saying. You wouldn't put it in an aggro deck because it's not increasing the clock. Yeah. Okay, it, Serge. Yeah. You know. What deck wants to play this Stoneforge and uh, Goblin Sharpshooter? Like, you, you just made a deck. <laughs> Did I? Like, yeah, you just, play, made, like, you just made GoblinShooter.deck. You yeah. just make like Mardu Aristocrats or something <laughs> and you put this card in. But. Yeah, like... <laughs> I love that we're all just staring here in silence, looking it's at like, a Basilisk Caller, being like, "Does this actually do something what, in the format? What do I do?" Yeah, I mean, I actually, I don't, I don't know. I, again, I, I'm not sure. I agree with Jeremy. I, I think that in a vacuum, <laughs> it seems like it ought to be good, but I think that in in practice, it's like hard to get into the deck. It, it could be good in like a big creature mid range deck, like. Yeah, that, that's where it sees play in modern. Is it sees play yeah. in Eldrazi Tron? So yeah, when you're swinging for twelve, because well, it's on a six. six maybe right? it's good in like like a, a green like mana dork mid range deck where you get like value out of the lifelink by that's putting it on large thinking. creatures, and then value out of the death touch by putting it onto one ones. Yeah, but I'm hmm. I'm playing I'm playing Celestia mid range right now, and like I'd rather play sort of uh, of uh, red and white War and Peace. Like, but but you could play though. it in a non Stoneforge deck. Like you could play it in like green black creature based mid range or like. Green, hmm. red. It's a little awkward because the white red decks range. are already pretty good at gaining life. Like mono white is mono red's worst matchup, mm, so it's not sure. as though those like Stoneforge decks need help no. in those matchups. So like this is a card that you would you would be more inclined to get into a deck that like isn't having that problem. Actually, maybe this is a great card for that mono red death and taxes deck I was playing. I was almost <laughs> gonna suggest that. Like I actually think this might be a good card in big red. Actually, yeah, that, Just, that like, sounds good too. Put it on an Inferno Titan. Slap it on. Holy moly! <laughs> Cool, because you're playing Inferno Before Titan. Before blockers, you get the attack trigger. You're playing Inferno <laughs> Titan. You're playing uh, Ballista. You could even put it. You could even play Sharpshooter. <laughs> you could. You could. You could bring back um, Cunning Spark Mage, or even like Grim Lavamancer. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of, of options. Big Red sounds like a good shell, actually. Now, now that we've talked about that's, it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of hot. I'm so sad. YJ had a copy of what is it? Gauntlet of Might. Yep. Before that card was like ten trillion dollars. <laughs> is that the five drop that lords no, all your red creatures? No, it's four. Four mana. All your mountains top tap of for power double. is five mana, and <gasps> it does it for any color. But Gauntlet of Might only does it for red, but it's only four mana. They had a copy of it. How much does it cost now? Oh, I saw it at YJ for like 100, 120 bucks, yeah. and I was like, maybe I should get that. I'll come back tomorrow, and it was just gone. And now it's probably like it's one of those legends cards. It's probably like eight hundred dollars for no good reason. Oh, that would be Scott so good in Magic Rear's deck. It's not Legends, but it is reserved. Is it unlimited? It's unlimited, or whatever? yeah. Yeah, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Uh, let's uh, let's come to some conclusions on 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 Highlander in our episode of Let's Do about, about Nothing. Um, yeah. Conclusions that we can talk about this stuff for hours. Yeah, my conclusion is I wrote it down. Boy, geez, Highlander is fun. <laughs> I, I I made the point to Boy, write that golly. out. Golly, yeah. yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a very polite applause gum. from get, Graham the, off camera here. The, 
the real secret oh, of the boy, holidays geez. was that the, the love of Highlander was in us all along. Sorry, <laughs> Grandma, <laughs> so, so, it's fine. Uh, anybody else want to want to add anything before we move to powerful magic? Ba -ba -ba uh, ba -ba no, not really. I all mean, right. Well, in today's special segment of Power of Magic, uh, Jarrah's up. Jarrah, tell me your magical uh, wizard story. Yeah, so th this happened not to me, but to a team member during Team Unified Highlander. Sorry. Okay. The first what, eight, what, eight team. What, no. pray tell, is Team Unified Highlander? Well, and why you, is, why you, is you've Liam heard of, groaning? It's not, it's not this. It's oh, not the it's Jarrah. Not, it's, it's, not, not, it's not first the Stephen Bard story. story. Okay. All right. Uh, it's a, it is a Stefan Bard story, just a different. <laughs> but it's not, it's not the one where like against us he like has he, like, it's a game, game loss, game losses himself, and then turn two is Josh Lane's two, two, two games. Yeah. No, <laughs> not that, that one. Fun. That was really fun. Um, so it's the first eight eight team ones. We were in in YJ and Team Unified Highlander is where you have a team of three people. You play uh, three simultaneous matches yeah. against another team of three people, and whichever team wins two of the three matches wins the team match. And so what makes it unified is that there can't be more than one copy of a card across all three decks. Yeah. So each each deck only gets one Snapcaster Mage. Each deck only gets one Scalding Tarn. Yeah, the thing is the mana Duels. base is the really the yeah. really restrictive part. Which deck gets fetch lands? Because all decks want fetch lands, especially in a 100-card singleton, even just a thinnier deck or to, or to color fix. Yes. Mm -hmm. So my team played the classic three-deck spread of uh, Lotus Big Red, Grixis High Tide, and Five Color Lands. <laughs> um. Wow! <laughs> Five color lands is like the meta in this. No, what? Oh, no, no. Their, their, their deck spread was bad. Oh, it's not the no, meta. it was <laughs> sick. The, the the meta is like you play two one color decks and a third deck. That's yeah, just a you probably have deck. like RDW, maybe three color control and or academy, and then like Seinfeld. White, I don't know. Well, White weenie? no, like oh, Huff, White weenie. Huff's the best deck in this in this format actually. I probably. Think. You play, like, you play, you like play a hoof, mono red, or and like, mono white, then like your choice. Yeah, and then you play like a third deck, and it can literally be anything. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. All right. And so, my my story comes from the the five color lands player Stefan Bard. Uh, <laughs> he was playing against his third hoof matchup of the day. He was one and one so far. Uh, and it was in game three. It was a really tight match. The rest of us were done because he's the slowest player in the room playing five color lands. Uh, and so everyone else in the room was just watching this match. And he peels his hand, and me and Trenton just like start laughing our faces, la la laughing our faces off because mm -hmm. he has fast bond, intuition, uh, crucible, and life from the loam already in, oh, in hand, and then has wow. three lands. That... So he has an eight card hand. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's that's three. Uh, okay. That's so he, and so he's on the play. So he goes, uh, turn one fast bond, play two more lands, loan back the the two fetches. Uh, I can't remember if he played them, but then the next turn he he intuitions for uh, tabernacle strip mine and something else, and then oh the hoof opponent God. just concedes because he has turn two set up. Strip lock and has tabernacle oh in play. Oh my goodness! And Serge, this is why fast bond can't be zero points. And so, the problem in that hand wasn't fast bond. The problem yeah, in the it hand absolutely was, was. was the other six cards. No, it was absolutely fast bond. But the problem is the lands deck has like eighteen cards that combo with fast bond. <laughs> the 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 problem? That's the only reason you play fast bond. 
What does Fastbond do? Sir? So Fastbond is is a perfectly is fair and balanced magic card. Probably my third favorite card in Magic. What's your first favorite? A Hedron Crab. Second. Right, I knew that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your second favorite? I can't actually remember the name of my second favorite card. It's the one mana green tree. It's a zero oh. three. Oh, Jaddy Offshoot. Jaddy yeah. Offshoot. Notably, both of those cards combo with Fastbond. Hmm. Anyways, Fastbond is a one grant. One, One green mana enchantment <laughs> that says you may play any number of lands on your turn. On each of your turns. On each of your turns. That, whatever. <laughs> Whenever you play a land, if it wasn't the first land you played this turn, Fastbound deals one damage to you. I love this card. It's so fun. This is a build around. Yeah, but it's a build around that actually works. <laughs> well, no. I've never won a tournament with it. Really? I don't think a player has won a tournament with it. When was the last time Fastbond won a tournament? I can't remember. Exactly. But I was about to say challenge accepted. Fastbond to zero. No. I'll play it. <laughs> the, 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 the problem, so, so the problem with Fastbond at zero, and I don't want to be too much of a Debbie Downer, is that this card is, is Surge is correct. This card is not good when you draw it late, but when it's in your opening hand, it's the best card in the format. It's not even the best card in the format. It's so insane. It needs so much support. No, it doesn't. What's, what's the best thing you can do with Fastbond? Play three them more on lands. One. Surge. Search, search. You get this to play three one more green lands. lands in your hand are moxes. I have it's better than that. I have never seriously. I have. I have. No, but we're not. De like decks aren't going to become fast bond decks. Decks are just going to put fast bond in to hope to high roll and draw it in your opening yeah, hand that, and cast that's four the drops problem. on turn one. It's it's not that the fast bond decks are are too good or would be too good with fast bond. They're just zero. gonna be like it's that fast bond turn one true name now, go. Yeah. It's 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 the other decks that now just get to free roll fast bond. This is the the like the biggest axis of points just changes that's the most important is zero to one and one to zero. It's no, big. Sorry, I dude. understand. All right, perfect. And now I'm sad. I'm sorry. Tell me your magic story, Jer. <laughs> he did. It's I did. Over. His opponent killed him. Killed his opponent. Se so Stefan Bard, the the really slow player, won won a game in like thirty <laughs> seconds because they they just like he saw had, what was happening. The they dream. saw it the strip strip mine tabernacle yeah. crucible like from the loam, and they were just like, all right, that's yeah, beautiful. We're never winning. Okay. So, all right. Well, let's let's uh, thank you for your powerful magic story. Thank you for crushing all my dreams of a of a world <laughs> in which Fastbond could be zero. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk to you, those of you at home, really quick. Um, as, as our, our festive sweaters may have very subtly hinted, uh, the holiday season is upcoming. Yeah. Uh, and this may have uh, an impact on your regularly scheduled North 100. Uh, this is going to be our last normal episode of North 100 of, uh, of 2017. Hey. Uh, and, and so we thought we'd dress up. Uh, so thank you so much to everyone watching. Uh, in our, in our, we didn't do a full year, but for... Uh, a wonderful 2017 season of North 100. Uh, the support has been tremendous. Um, the, the questions on Twitter, the comments, the feedback, everything has been unbelievably positive. So thank you so much for loving our show and, and, and letting us keep doing this because it's super cool. Um, a reminder that this show is brought to you uh, over at patreon.com slash Um We couldn't do it without that support. So your support, your feedback, your, your love, your positivity has all been so great. So thank you so much. And... Uh, We'll see you all in 2018 when we keep doing this. Have a happy new year, happy holidays. You're all wonderful. Make some decks. Make some decks. May you live in magical Christmas land. Woo! Mm -hmm.